Welcome to the Wildish Women Podcast, the podcast for women who want to discuss the real raw nitty gritty of life, find your girl group, or just have a glass of wine with company over the internet. Brought to you from Arizona, I'm your host, Jess Holmes, and this is Wildish Women. Welcome back to the Wildish Women Podcast, and this week we're going to dive into motherhood a little bit with discussing support during, before, after pregnancy, and motherhood in general, really. (laughs) So today we are joined by Caitlin McGrath. She is the founder of Be Her Village. So welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so excited to be here, and I'm so excited to talk about gifting mom support instead of stuff because that's really that's what we're doing that's what we're working on that's the change that we're making um and it's really cool to watch it grow and I can't wait to tell your listeners all about it yeah thank you so much for being here today I looked into be her village and I think that is such a cool concept the way you have taken registry items and shifted the focus I think that's really clever and very much needed With that, can you tell me where did all this come from? Absolutely. Um, So, I mean, it came from so many places, but it really came from my own experience being a mother. I had this, um, I have three little ones and my oldest, who is 10 now, actually, I had my baby shower. I think so many of us do, right? It's like, we're so excited. Our friends and family are so excited. There's nothing more exciting than someone having a baby. It's just like, it's the coolest thing. It's kind of wild what our bodies can do. It's this, you know, it's this like new member of the community is being born. And I remember being so overwhelmed with love. I was crying my entire baby shower. I was so touched by everyone showing up for me. And I left as many of us do. And we're so lucky and grateful for it with a car full and an apartment full of baby stuff. Um, Right. So that was my experience. And then, and then, and then (laughs) I had uh, an induction I didn't really want or maybe need. I'm not really sure. It's all a little foggy. Um, Turned cesarean, that same, not sure if I definitely didn't want it, but I definitely didn't. I don't think I needed it. Not sure. Kind of not the point. I ended up... um, at home, completely alone. My husband had to go back to work while I was still in the hospital, which was just oh no, oh, yeah. Did you have oh, complications yeah. that made you stay longer, or he just couldn't miss no, work? No, there's just no paid parental leave, uh, and he was in this like true. program. He was in this master's program and this like special teaching program, and it was this like really intense summer program so that he could go from being a teacher assistant to a teacher, and he couldn't miss any time. Um, but uh, even if he could have, we don't we don't, we didn't have any, we still don't, but we didn't have the money for him to take time off. You know, like we were a young family. It was really, it was paycheck to paycheck. Um, and so I was still in the hospital. The baby was born at 5 20 AM on Saturday and he went back to work Monday morning and my mother took me to the hospital. And I was, you know, post C-section. So I was in an incredible amount of pain and And not an incredible amount, that's not fair, but I was in a recovery for my own body. I was trying to figure out how to breastfeed this little creature that I was so incredibly in love with that I have to mention the love because it sort of like tempers the rest of the horror stories that come with motherhood. (laughs) The love is incredible. It just, it helps you float along through all of this. Yes, it does. 
Um, and I remember this like moment where I was, my mother was on her way. She was trying to help as much as she could. And it was three days post C-section. And I was trying to figure out how to get the two of us ready for a doctor's appointment. And I couldn't figure out how to take a shower and also breastfeed a baby that would not, would not let me put him down without hysterical crying. And the latching was painful And I remember being naked in my nursery, in the corner of the nursery that we had like meticulously prepared, right? Like all the baby shower gifts. We had painted a beautiful mural on of our, like a scene from our Costa Rican honeymoon, like on the wall. We had just put so much time and energy into the things that were surrounding us. Right. And I was just like sitting there, like crying, naked, bleeding from multiple places, and just being like, Yeah, I mean, that's real motherhood, though. That was (laughs) it. And I was like, Oh, this isn't, oh, I'm like surrounded by all this stuff people gave me. And I was so grateful for it, but it's not really what I needed. And that was like a real moment for me of like, Oh, welcome to motherhood. And in that moment, it's so easy to like blame yourself to think I'm not doing right or I'm failing or I'm like I don't have what I need but then I went on I had another birth another one after that I had I became a doula I supported hundreds and hundreds of families across Long Island and New York um, helping them achieve the birth they wanted and get the support they need etc and I started seeing almost all of those people that I supported had at least one moment like that at least one moment where it's like wait, this isn't adding up. I am alone. Where is my village? Where's my community? Everybody just says, enjoy every moment, walks out the door, you know, figuratively, not not necessarily actually walking out the door saying that, but it's just like, (laughs) here's all this stuff. I spent hundreds of dollars of stuff on stuff for you because I want you to have a great experience, but that's not actually what we need. And so I started thinking like, how can how can we shift this? The the communities have the money, right? There's $12 billion a year spent every year on baby gifts in this country. So that's money that's spent on gifts, not uh, on baby stuff, not by the parents. And so these families and communities have money and they are willing to spend it on our mothers because we value mothers because we love our mothers because we want to uplift them. But we're being sort of tricked a little bit by these big box stores and these retailers and these baby gear companies to like that if we buy this gear, it will make those moments better. And there's just a real disconnect there for me and I think for many, many, many uh, people who have been through it. And so that's that's where this all kind of came from. It's like, wait, there's right. there's something happening here where we're talking about the wrong things and we're buying the wrong things. But if you go before Be Her Village existed, if you go to baby registries, there is nothing, and still to this day, nothing for the mother. It's all baby gear. And it's like, well, wait, but how do I care for this baby? That bouncer, that rocker, that vibrating chair, you know, all these pacifiers and things. It's, yes, we need some of them, sure. But is that the thing that we really need? No, we need somebody telling us it's going to be okay, showing us how to live our lives with the baby, caring for us so that we can care for our little one. And and that really was the the jumping off point for this. And it's been so cool to to test it out, right? To like build it yeah. and put it out there and be like, is anyone going to register? Oh, oh, good. People are registering. Is anyone going to buy this gift? Oh, people are buying. And, and now we have over $78,000 have been funded, gifted on Be Her Village. And so we That's we're at this great. point where we have like, we've tested it and people are in, right? And so now it's just a matter of of spreading it and people are talking about it and making this really the movement that it deserves to be. 
Right. Well, it's it's interesting too the focus because uh, you don't think of it, especially as a new mom, you don't know any better. I would say either you're just like, yeah, I need all these things because people say I need all these things, and then you get all these things, and it's like, oh, <laughs> actually, I need totally different things yep. <laughs> than physical stuff. And like I know with my first, I have three boys, and with my first. We got tons and tons of stuff. And then slowly, as I had another kid, I was like, we don't need all that stuff. And then when I had my last kid, it's like, okay, we really don't need all this stuff. And I actually wanted to consider a doula, but then I was like, oh, well, I know I'm having a planned C-section. So what can a doula do for me? You know, and I did not know all the services that doulas offer. And if I had, (laughs) I really think I would have taken advantage of that because it's so much work, especially, you know, like in your case where your husband, your partner had to go back to work immediately. Mine did mm-hmm. not. He had paternity leave. Um, it, though it was unpaid, he had it. Right. But it still wasn't enough. You, you know, still, so, frankly, you still need the village. Like, that's why there's a village. It's, And I love that sort of talking about thinking about a doula. There is a, a total misconception that only certain types of people need support. Like only if you're going unmedicated, only if you want a vaginal birth. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is all about feeling empowered, about being centered in the whole experience, about being cared for. And it takes a team of people to care for mothers before, during, and after the birth, 100%. Yeah. I mean, me as a doula, that was my entire approach, right? Like I had people that were planning C-sections that were planning epidurals that were hiring us. And in our initial, like before they hired us, because we had a team um, saying, I want a C-section, like, how can you guys support us? And we would talk about it because it's, it's really not about how the baby comes out. It's really not about that at all. Um, It's about how you feel in those moments. Are you feeling like your, your team is caring for you? Are you feeling like you have choices? Are you feeling like you understand them, you know, and then there's the postpartum dual aspect, someone to come. And I like to call them like fairy godmothers. They come and they just make everything (laughs) feel better. It's like someone just sweeps in with no judgment, no baggage, no nothing. It just comes and feeds you and cleans up a little bit and shows you how to latch or whatever your feeding goals are and like can validate and normalize your experience. There's so much power to that. And that's something that the village used to do, right? That's like the part of the aspect that we're missing is that people, the women in our community would come in and care for us during pregnancy, during our labor and in the postpartum, they would care for our older kids, they would feed us, they would show us what to do. And we would also be seeing that throughout our lives when even when we weren't in that motherhood time. And so the village looks a little different now. Now it looks like doulas and lactation consultants and pelvic floor providers and midwives. And, you know, there's a difference to the team labels and professions. But that knowledge still exists and still needs to be passed down from generation to generation. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you said, if same for me, the misconception that I needed to have a vaginal birth to have a doula because mm-hmm. I didn't know all the things that doulas do to be honest until mm-hmm. it was too late, <laughs> you know, after I had my third and I was like, wait a minute, doulas will cook and they'll clean and they'll help yeah. out with stuff. Like I had no idea. So being that you've been a doula before, what all have you done for other mothers? I mean, so I, there's two main types of doulas. There's a birth doula and there's postpartum doulas. So I did one shift as a postpartum doula. 
Um, and then I realized that I actually needed a postpartum doula and I didn't need to be a postpartum doula. Um, but gotcha. postpartum doulas are sort of like those fairy godmothers. They yeah. come in after the birth and they are making sure that you're fed. They're making sure that if you're bottle feeding or pumping that parts are clean, they're making sure the laundry is moved along. They're they're checking in on you. I mean, this is something that I don't think yeah. this is what they're advertising, but like our medical system monitors you, you know, monthly and then biweekly and then weekly and then every minute that you're in the hospital. They monitor you so closely. And as soon as that baby is out, you get like four blood pressure checks and like a bleeding check and you're sent on your way. And when you, on the back. <laughs> once you leave the hospital, you're that's it. You don't have eyes on you, any eyes on you, any medically trained eyes on you, or quite frankly, anything outside your immediate family for six yeah. weeks. And I don't want to bring this in, but I feel like we need to address sort of the elephant in the room, why we're all so um, activated about this topic is that women are dying in childbirth yeah. and surrounding childbirth. And it's we're dying at higher rates than any other country, and it's increasing each year. And I was actually really surprised to learn this, but the um, majority of those deaths are happening between leaving the hospital and that six week visit. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And it kind of shocked me and also didn't surprise me at all because yeah. now we're just kind of sending people home without eyes on us. And we're the right. only country in the world, the only developed country in the world that doesn't have guaranteed in, in home postpartum care. Every other country in the world gives their mothers uh, a, a health visitor, a nurse, a doula, a midwife in their home checking on them and the baby. And we're just not doing that here. And so postpartum doulas do a lot of incredible things, but they are also not medically trained, but they are eyes on. They know. They know if something's yeah. off. They know if, if there's a red flag, right? Like they can help you figure that out. Um, so postpartum doulas are something that we really need to start removing the stigma from because people have this like, oh, she got a baby nurse. Oh, you know, there's this like, oh, so bougie. And it's like, no, no, yeah, no, no yeah. Not bougie. that's actually basic. That's literally what every other mother in the world gets. They get care right. in their homes and we should be getting that too. Um, and then as doulas, as birth doulas, we are doing so, so much. So I think there's like, I'd love to dispel that sort of uh, misconception about we're only for home birth, we're only for natural birth, quote unquote, natural yeah. birth. Because the way that I approach doula work, and I think so many of us do, is it's not really about how the baby comes out. It's not about your choices and your medical interventions, because there's so much of that we can't control. There's a little bit of it we can control yeah. by building out the right team. But there's so much that we can't. And it's really about, at the end of the day, did you feel like you were in charge? Did you feel like you had the information you needed to even understand there was a decision to be made? Because so yeah. many of the decisions that can be made during your pregnancy and prenatal care and during your care at the hospital or birth center is not presented to you as a choice. It's presented as go and do this, or we're going to do this, yeah. or now you have to do this. I've never thought about it in that aspect because, you know, like I said, your first time around, you don't know any better. You just trust what you're being told to do essentially. Mm -hmm. And I never thought about a doula just being an advocate for you, if nothing else. Like yes. that's, I don't know why I've never thought of that. So yeah. that's, I, to I know. love that. I, well, you know, because that's not the vision of doulas. We have this vision of doulas as like, 
you know, sage burning crystal, which I like, I try not to say that with like too much disdain because cool. Like you want to, you want to do herbal medicine. I actually really want to become an herbalist at some point, but you want to burn sage and like be the spiritual, like crystal doula. Cool. That's amazing and needed. But there's also just like actual advocacy tools of like teaching people how to find their truth, how to feel connected to like their most powerful selves um, and helping them navigate the maternal healthcare system. It's one of those things too, where like, how many babies are we really having? I have three also. Um, but like, that's kind of a lot for around here. Most of the people I know have three or less (laughs) or maybe four, but it's, you don't have all that many opportunities to learn how to navigate the system. And the way it's stacked is once you have one C-section, many, 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 if not most providers will say, okay, now once a C-section, always a C-section. It's like, I was able luckily to have a VBAC and a home birth after my C-section, but it is like, it is a steep learning curve, you know, like you have that one chance to try and get a vaginal birth. Otherwise you're forever marked. And so the stakes are really high and birth doulas in addition to like, we do all that emotional, wonderful, you know, and labor support and positions and helping you. And if pain-free. I was going to say, when I think of a doula, I think uh, like initially before I learned more about doulas, I think of like Lamaze class, you know, and having that person helping you breathe and do stuff like that. I didn't realize that there was so much more entailed, you know, in what they can do. Yes. You know, the one of my favorite, I think it was Pamela England. Um, she said having a doula or something, I'm not going to get it exactly right. But my favorite sort of comparison is having a doula is, uh, or not having a doula is like climbing Mount Everest without a Sherpa. Like your partner is great. And of course, you need them. And like doulas actually support the entire family unit. It's not just there for the birthing person. But why would you go up Mount Everest and try to navigate all of the things when you've never been there before? And it's this enormous task when you can hire a Sherpa who's been up there and back many, 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 many times and can help you get through. You're still going to do the work yourself, but you're going to have someone to help you out. And that I feel like doula work, birth doula work is is that. It's that Sherpa work. It's let me let me help you understand your choices. Let me help you navigate this. And you can find the right path for you up that mountain and back. No, I love that that idea of it because uh, same with me. I had the same situation. My first uh, was an emergency C-section, mm-hmm. which I felt also was unnecessary. And I had a big gap between my first two. I have, uh, they're five and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much in that five and a half years yes. that I was like, wait a minute. Like none of that had to happen the way it did. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have known that or had somebody, you know, there to be like, hey, you know, like you say, are you comfortable with that decision? Do you like that choice? Um, Because with my second, I tried to have a VBAC and Mm -hmm. there were other medical things that came up that stopped that from happening. But I did have my mind set on it. And even my OBGYN was trying to convince me not to do it. Because like you said, once you do one, you're labeled that way. And I did love her. And I'm very much, uh, I tried to ride the line on science and then like natural healing as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm always open to hear opinions and things like that. But I knew in my mind, I'm like, I was dead set on trying to have a VBAC. Uh, But like I said, it didn't work out. But just having someone there that could have also advocated for me, I think would have made a world of difference from my first one on, you know, it would have changed 
all of my births, I think. Yes. And it really just removes the um, the question of like, what if that's, that's a game that we end up playing when we don't feel like we were in informed correctly, or like in charge, I have supported many people who have ended up having C sections. Yeah, but for most of them, when they're having the support of me or someone on my team, they have at every single point, they have had the the skill set to ask questions to know when to ask questions to have full blown conversations with their providers. And I'm talking about the things that don't feel like big things, right? Because it feels like, oh, we're gonna have to talk about whether we're getting Pitocin. Like, well, hold on, what about whether you want that vaginal exam, like the ones that they tell you are standard? You know, what Mm -hmm. about getting in the bed? What about being monitored? What about getting an IV put in? You know, those are all things that they tell you you have to do that it's just not true. You don't actually have to do anything like right. literally at all. You, you don't, it's not jail, right? Like you are right. hiring them for their services. And that's one of the things I like to work on is mindset because when we go in thinking we have to follow the rules and there's like hospital policy, right? We all hear about hospital policy. Yeah. That's who hospital policy applies to. It applies to hospital staff. Yeah. It applies to privileged providers that are working at the hospital and have the right to work there. That's it. It does not apply to you. When you are a patient, you have a patient bill of rights. I'm sure it's different for every state, but in New York state, I would print it out for my clients and I would highlight numbers, uh, definitely number 11. I'm trying to think, I think it's 9-11, but it's the right to informed consent and it's the right to informed refusal. You have the right to all of the information that your team can give you and you have the right to refuse literally anything. And, and it, and when we know that it really shifts how we go into our brain. What I like to say to people, kind of circling back to the money issue, right? Because I think money is something we all have emotional ties to and can sort of understand how it works and how it feels to spend it and where we spend it on is really important. Um, I like to tell people that are having a hard time sort of shifting into their power as they approach their birth, Go into your hospital birth, and when you speak to each person, or especially like your your doctor or your labor nurse, imagine handing them $30,000 cash from your pocket. Hand it to them, and then expect the level of care that comes along with a $30,000 spend. Because if you went to a hotel, or if you spent $30,000 cash at really any business that's coming from your pocket, you would expect the highest quality care, expect utmost respect, you would expect to be a valued customer, and you wouldn't spend your money there otherwise. And the truth of it is, is that that hospital is getting $30,000 at least from your insurance, at least, we don't feel it. But we are the consumer and we can walk in knowing that we're the consumer and demanding the highest quality medical care that we're paying for. And when we start shifting into that, it really, it helps us. And, you know, it's different for everybody, right? That might not resonate with somebody. I remember um, a client of mine was preparing for a planned cesarean birth and she was really feeling so anxious. I saw her the night before the birth and she was, oh, you know that when anxiety just makes you feel so small and unsure and unsteady. And I looked at her and I was like, you're an attorney, right? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, 
why don't we put your attorney hat on? Why don't you yeah. like feel what it's like to be an attorney as you walk into that birth? Not to call her profession in, but to call her power in. Right, and the right. next day when I arrived at the hospital and I met her before she went back in, she had like, I'm telling you, this stack of papers, all the plans. She was checking things off. She was talking to the staff in this way where she was the authority and they yeah. were working with her. And it was the coolest thing to see her shift from that place into finding her power. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I never would have thought of it as like exactly what you said. You're handing over 30,000 plus dollars to mm-hmm. someone. Like what would you expect in return for their services? You should be, you know, treated the way <laughs> that they should treat you and you should be listened to and they should follow your wishes. You know, I've never thought of it that way. So that's, that's a good way to think of it. You know, like you said, money, it's a great way to visualize it. You know, are you willing to give this person $30,000 right. for the care they're giving you? And if not walk away, you know, exactly. I mean, obviously if you're in labor, it might be a bit different, <laughs> but <laughs> Well, the trick is work with a doula and take a childbirth class so that you can figure that out before labor, because there are so many ways to figure this out before you actually get into the L&D room. And that's what your team can do for you and help you figure out prenatally. That's the advocacy that happens before the birth. And I always tell people the work of labor happens in pregnancy. So it's not about like Mm. writing the best birth plan and walking into a hospital, waving it around with a team who's never heard of it before. It's about forming that birth plan and bringing it to every appointment and navigating it and working with them. And if, and if you're feeling like red flags come up, whether it's in your gut or like actual, you know, they're telling you that it's not going to work. You go bring that plan to another practitioner and you find the people that are going to help you achieve your goals. And all of that work helps us release and let our vulnerability show when we're in labor, which is honestly, it's part of labor. It's it's the unfolding. We have to feel safe to labor. We're mammals. We have to feel safe to labor. Yeah. So we can't be coming into our hospital ready for a fight. We have to really <laughs> be in our power and in a place yeah. where we feel safe to let let go a little bit. Yeah, no, I wish, I mean, like listening to all of this, I wish I, you know, would have, I don't know, I guess be braver in making Mm. decisions. And then like, you know, you have your plan. And then when it comes down to it, just having somebody there to make sure that it's followed, because I think that definitely I had like flexible plans. I didn't have like set exactly what Mm -hmm. I wanted, except for a couple of things. And a lot of those things were just brushed off in the moment, you know, um, like with my youngest, I wanted to do skin to skin immediately after he was pulled out, even though it was a C-section and I was being denied that, you mm-hmm. know, and then I was being giving excuses why that couldn't happen, even though his APGAR was fine. Nothing. There were no issues. Right. You know what I mean? I do. So there's like different things like that, just to have that advocate in your corner during everything, even if you did everything right, would just be amazing support. And mm-hmm. I just... I did look at, like I said, I did look at Be Her Village. I looked at your site and I love to read everybody's about me and dig in and everything. And one of the things that stuck out for me that I really, really loved, and I know we already talked about it sort of, was support, not stuff. Mm-hmm. Because support makes such a difference regardless of all the stuff you have. And I love the view of that. So with Be Her Village mm-hmm. and the way you do your registry, what services are provided on the registry that someone could add? It's a great question. So um, we have a whole registry guide where you can search for your team. 
and you can find people nearby you. And if you can't find people nearby, you can book a consult and we will find people near you. So we are helping. We're making it like so easy. You don't have to know any of this stuff, right? You don't have to know what a dual is. You don't have to know what lactation consultants and pelvic floor providers and you know, prenatal yoga and chiropractor and acupuncture. And these are all some of the things that we have on our site. Um, no, that's good to know. But you don't need to know any of it. We're making it so easy. So it's like when you get on to Be Her Village, you're just taken care of. You can just reach out to our team. We will set you up with everything you need. And the registry consults are with me. Like you are getting 30 okay. minutes with me. I will do the research. I will find people that I think would fit for you. I will hear you out. And it's an ongoing thing. Like the 30 minute consult is sort of like the jumping off point for our relationship. But we right. want you to to not have to shop by spending hours and hours and hours. This was a really um, important thing for me. It's like right now, without Be Her Village, if you want to go find your support team, number one, you have to figure out what is even available, which people don't even know. You know, I didn't know postpartum doula was yeah. thing until after I had my second. <laughs> so it's like, so it's number one that. So you can go to our registry guide and you can see all the different types of support providers, mental health care, um, yoga, fitness, coaching, doulas, photographers, lactation consultants, pelvic floor providers. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but there's so many that that's like, it's hard to, it's hard to get them all. You don't have to know what all those things are. You can go and you can find them. And then we have practitioners in your area. So you just, you get matched up with people in your area. Soon we're going to be adding um, some virtual options of people like across the country where you can, if there's nobody in your area or if, um, or if you're looking for something where you don't have to go in person, we're going to have that as well. But the big thing is, is that we require every single service that's added, every single practitioner, every birth worker, every childbirth educator um, to put a price on their service. Because the current situation is that you have to figure out what's out there. You have to find one that might be good in your area. And then you have to like call them, email them, meet with them shop on all these websites to try and figure out what the pricing is. And it's an enormous burden. It just is. And we're doing so much already <laughs> as moms to be yeah. and moms that are of little ones that I wanted to take the burden off of off of people looking for support. And so we have everything in one place, all the prices. And if you're not seeing what you're looking for, and even if you are quite frankly, our team and me will make sure that you get your entire registry built and set up. Or quite frankly, if you've already had your baby and you're not interested in a registry, we'll still just help you find a lactation consultant. We'll help you find a pelvic floor provider. But we're a resource for um, moms and parents to find exactly what they need. Um, so that's that's what we're working on. It's like It's just so cool to see the whole support team. And it's prenatal, it's during your birth, and it's in the postpartum. The other thing I want to mention is that if there is something on our on our registry that you're not seeing, like if you knew that you wanted, I don't know, like a belly binding experience, and you're not seeing that, you can add anything you want to your registry. So you can just type in, there's a way to create a custom registry listing where you can type in, I want $100 towards custom belly binding uh, because of, you know, XYZ, because I want the support and I'd like to be healed and that sort of thing. And then your friends and family can gift you money towards that service. So there's really no limit to the support. We offer an enormous amount 
of types of services and practitioners. We have over 1,100 practitioners on our site across the country. Um, but if you're not seeing what you want, you just add the team that you're looking for and that you have lined That's up already. Awesome. So how does that work with finding like a provider who would take insurance? How does that go together? Well, so that's part of this issue is that most of these practitioners, not all of them, because there are some, there's a handful here and there, most of them are not covered by insurance. And that's why Be Her Village exists. Okay. Okay. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, if you have insurance, I know that like doulas and lots of different things are not covered by insurance, which is ridiculous in itself. But yeah, I was just curious if you had insurance, how those would play together. Yeah, so, so if you have insurance um, that covers some of these things and our providers, when they um, create their listing, they say if they take insurance or not. I want to just clarify okay. something, though. This yeah. is a cash gift registry that's right. cash with the intention of support. So when someone gifts you $100 towards your lactation visit, it doesn't go to the lactation consultant. It goes to you. So you get the funds that you need to pay for your support team. We wanted to make sure that it stayed really flexible because motherhood, as we all know, is extremely unpredictable and you really don't know what you're going to need until you need it. Um, So we wanted to make sure that it wasn't locked in, that people's gifts, like let's say you decided not to breastfeed or let's say breastfeeding went beautifully and you didn't need a lactation consultant, but you got $300 towards a visit. I didn't want it to be where that money was then lost. I wanted it to be that you have the absolute flexibility, the money in your pocket to go spend it on what you need. And your friends and family are able to, rather than just giving you cash and it all feels a little bit awkward, they can say, (laughs) that's that's real. People are like, well, why should I use your registry when I can just ask for cash. I'm like, you go right ahead. You ask for cash. I know. It's really weird to ask for cash. It just I feel like you got to be kind of ballsy or confident to be like, hey, can yes. I get 300 bucks for something? Exactly. But when you say, hey, this is like, this is the thing I want. And this is why. And we literally, we write yeah. it where you can have it. Why I want this. And the people that see that and they understand like, oh, this is the support. We have a whole video um, on your public facing registry, like the one that your friends and family will see. Yeah. There's a video, there's a tab with why be her village. And there's a video that we made of three people, one who actually works for us. She does all of our reels. Um, and she's also like one of my very best friends. She, um, <laughs> it's funny, like, oh, she's our employee now. She's my friend and she's awesome. And yeah. she happens to work with us. Um, <laughs> she didn't have be her village. So she tells her story of, of returning, you know, her baby blender or something to go pay for her lactation visit and like being oh. you know, freshly postpartum and like returning gifts, which felt awful. And then we have yeah. a story of a mom who had be her village and she, you know, her baby had a tongue tie and she had the funds for the lactation consultant. Number one, she had the funds to pay for the tongue tie clip, which was, you know, that's yeah. an unexpected out of pocket cost. And right. her and her daughter have a beautiful breastfeeding relationship. And it's like, wow, this is really impactful. So those are the videos that we're showing the gift buyer. So we're, we're doing so much more than just helping someone give cash. It's really about like the intention. It's like, I want to support right. you and I have money to spend on that. So instead of buying a onesie or some plastic baby gear that may or may not help, but like not as much as one of these support providers, we're making it really easy um, for them to oh, yeah. understand the value. I put up a question in our Arizona group and I asked, what's one thing you wish you had after having a baby and not one person 
listed an item like baby what? gear. That's amazing. Oh my god. Every single person said they wish they had pre-made meals or a nesting party, oh. a doula. Not one thing was an item. So wow. I think that speaks volumes. And we have several, there's over 30 comments of people wow. stating and agreeing and all of that to you know, it's not, it's not things you, like you said, it's not stuff it's people not. want support. And a couple people even say that they're like, I wish I had a village that would have helped me. And oh, I love that. I a hundred percent agree. I've never had a village the whole time. So mm -hmm. to have a registry like this, to be able to have people help contribute to services I did actually need, it's just amazing. And I love the concept of it. It's so mm -hmm. unique and it's really thinking out of out of the United States healthcare box. Yes, <laughs> you know? thank you. I love that. We found something that unites us, no matter where yeah. we're from or who we are or what our background is. It is being adopted across the country because everybody knows moms need support. There just hasn't been a clear path to gifting support so far. And it's really cool to see that that sort of groundswell. And I have to, I didn't see that thread in your group, but oh my goodness, I, that makes me so, it makes me so sad and so happy, actually. Right. It makes me sad that that sad wasn't what they that So many feel that way, but happy because you found a hole. Yes. You found a need that needs to be filled and you're doing a great job, it seems, at uh, filling it, you know, because I'm not, we're not planning to have any more now. We did try for a fourth for a while, but mm. we called it quits. So just to have had this option when I did have my other three, though, I can't imagine how like life changing that would have been for me because um, not having the support, I think also led to mental health issues with postpartum depression and anger and rage and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think having that support system could help offset those reactions to not having a support, if that makes sense. Oh, 1000%. Our perinatal mood and anxiety disorder issue slash epidemic, whatever you want to call it in our country, yeah. is so infuriating to me. I'm sorry, I can't like, I can't be PC about this, but it's so ridiculous because it's not like, oh, women are having mood disorders and anxiety and rage and depression and psychosis. And what do we ever do about it? It's like, we know exactly what to do. We know exactly yeah. what to do. We know it's the studies show when you have support it, in the whole perinatal experience, prenatal and postpartum, when you have support, you have less PMADs. It's just yeah. science. Hashtag science. Like it's just yeah. it's so frustrating though to like sort of know that and to also look at a country that spends $12 billion on baby gear while mothers are floundering. This sort of thing, you know, it's hard to do this day in and day out. This is just sort of like pulling back the veil on entrepreneurship. It's hard to do this day in and day out. And it's, oh, yeah. it's conversations like these that fuel me because I know, I know we need it. I've lived this. Yeah. I know we need it. And I see the funds getting gifted and I see the support getting gotten by people but man it needs to be the thing right and I, it's it's conversations like these that will spark that for for other people that are listening absolutely and I hope everyone we have a whole pregnancy group and motherhood group as well it's smaller and growing uh, mm. it's very new but even still I hope many of them are able to listen to this and check out Be Her Village mm. and realize how much of a difference it is just based on your experience and my experience and your best friend, you know, that said, 
just her experience of returning something so that she could have a service like this. I never would have thought of doing something like that, but what else could you do? You know, if you didn't have the money, that's an easy way to make it happen. Right. As sad or guilty as you may feel. Yeah. Like she needed the service more, you know, she needed the service more. And I think I want to just like sort of underline I don't think gift buyers are at fault here. Like, I don't think yeah, it's right. it's that gift buyers are buying the wrong things. I think it's gift buyers kind of, I mean, I think we all kind of know when we go on a registry, a regular baby stuff registry, we kind of know this isn't what they need, you know, like, yeah, yeah it might be yeah. a little helpful, but we know what they really need. And so I would imagine that I like to imagine that whoever bought her the thing she returned wanted her to have a great experience feeding her baby and right. it turns out she needed it for the lactation support not necessarily for blended yeah. baby food I think it's sort of refreshing some people have like questioned like support not stuff how could you not have any stuff and I'm like you know what people know where to find stuff yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about support because they don't know where to find that and so we're going to be really single focused on getting people the support they need yeah a hundred percent. I agree. Because even if I knew I needed to talk to someone or I needed some kind of therapy or anything, I wouldn't know where to look. And I think your registry kind of has that anonymous feel to it mm -hmm. to where you're a complete stranger. There's no judgment. If you feel you need like mental health services, there's no judgment in that you're talking to a stranger. They will help you find someone, Absolutely. you know, or a lactation consultant. If you are feeling insecure about breastfeeding, you know, and you don't feel comfortable talking to someone about it. Like, I think that's even that is just an easy way to find an option without discussing it with someone because you're uncomfortable with the situation. Yes, you know? exactly. It is totally a judgment free zone. We're here to make sure people get the support they need. And you just sort of like, literally, uh, figuratively step into be her village, and we'll take care of you from there. That's the whole idea. So that there's no judgment, there's no shame. We be her village is not this big conglomerate or corporation. We are literally a group of moms and birth workers who have been there. And we want we want people to lean on us and use us to build their support teams and get the funds to pay for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. For anybody who's in our group that maybe would want to join as a service provider, how would they go about that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so when you go to beherevillage.com, you'll see on the top right businesses, and there's a whole page of information about what we offer and how to get involved. And it's free to sign up. So you can list your service, you get a free profile, there's, there's upgrade options. Um, but it's free, we want everybody to come and list their services and be found by families in their areas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This is hopefully going to be very beneficial for our all of our mothers and mothers to be in the group. And with that, is there anything, one last piece of advice, anything you could say to anyone who needs these type of services? Yes, I would say that you deserve this, that we need to reframe this from I can do this by myself. You don't have to do this by yourself. You deserve to feel good at every single step of this motherhood journey. And whether you use Be Her Village or not, just remember that, that you deserve to feel good and your baby deserves a parent that feels good. That's amazing. That is such a super powerful thing to say that you deserve it because I think many don't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Thank you so well, much I appreciate for having me. You. This is amazing. I appreciate you and your community that you've built and for 
opening up so that I can come in and and share. This has been this has felt really good for me. <laughs> this was like oh, my self care for today. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I hope that maybe we can meet back up a year from now and talk about all the growth and experience and everything that's changed for you. I love Be that. Her Village because I think this could definitely go somewhere awesome. and you're doing a great job at it already. Thank you so much. <laughs> I would love that. Thank you so much again, Caitlin, for being on the podcast this week. And to any of you who really resonated with this episode and would like more information, you can find all the Be Her Village links below. You can reach out to Caitlin herself. Anything you need, shoot us questions. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's Wildish Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and review us. Until next time, stay wildish.